Welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast from SturdyMcKee.com. Hi, welcome, and thank you for listening or watching the Focus Forward Business Podcast. I'm Sturdy McKee, business coach and advisor, and your host for the podcast. Uh, today, I'm happy to bring you Angie Flynn McKeever. Angie's the founder and president at Ignite CSP, and the CSP stands for Coaching, Speaking, and Presenting. Um, Ignite CSP offers workshops, training, and coaching uh, to people and organizations really looking to go up to the next level. Um, so thanks very much for being here, Andy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So will you please tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Ignite CSP, as you said, is a, is a coaching company, and we specialize in communication skills. And what I like to say is that really anything that falls under the umbrella of people talking to other people, that's, that's right. where you can find us. Um, right. So that's everything from uh, having difficult conversations, giving hard feedback, uh, gosh, pitching, negotiating, interviews, mm-hmm. uh, keynotes, uh, lots of public speaking and presentations, all of that stuff where people have to figure out how to use uh, what they have at their disposal, their words and their nonverbal language and their facial expressions and their voices to get what's in their head, uh, out of their head and to other people. So yeah, that, that's really where we're heads. into other people's heads. And it's kind of magical and amazing that it ever works. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually when you think about it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, especially given my track record, it is amazing. Um, so... <laughs> So is Ignite CSP your first business? No. Um, actually, prior to opening Ignite in, gosh, 2007, when it was really more of a, a side business for me, my husband and I founded North Carolina Stage Company, which is the professional theater in Asheville, North Carolina, where okay. we live. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that was that was the, the first business that I opened. And the theater is still... As, uh, going strong as as strong as a theater can be going right now it is doing right. very well my husband runs it full-time with our staff so how did you get started in business in the beginning what what prompted that decision um, are we talking about business with this company or with the theater let's start with the theater okay um, my dream from the time I was about 14 or 15 was to open my own theater company. I was one of those theater kids. Um, So really every decision that I made in high school and college and immediately after college was in service of that dream. I really looked for um, opportunities to learn and mentors who would help me get the experience that I needed to be ready to to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it just so happened that when I met my husband, we had both separately, we, we both, we lived in New York at the time, and we both separately had harbored dreams of moving back to our native North Carolina. We're from different cities, but, um, and starting a professional theater. So we, uh, we decided to join forces and, and that was what we did. So about two, two and a half years after we met, we, um, we opened the theater. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, because, because <laughs> marriage isn't hard enough. Um, <laughs> well, we didn't know. We, we, we didn't know any better, which in retrospect was probably a good thing. We kind of took the leap before we, we thought it all the way through. <laughs> That's great. So what prompted you and how did you start Ignite CSP? Uh, I had been a professional director for 
I guess maybe 15 years um, mm -hmm. in 2007. And at that time, a leadership development firm came to me and said they knew I, I had a background in education, which was I had done some theater yeah. education. And they said, well, do you think you could design a workshop, kind of a, a, a three or four hour workshop on presentation skills? And I said, sure, I can do that. And I kind of sat down and spent some time figuring out what that would look like. How can mm -hmm. I take what we know about creating authentic communication on stage and bring, bring that process, boil that process down to its real fundamental elements and take it to people who are not interested in being actors. And so I did that. That was our very first workshop for several years. That was all we did. It was just that one workshop and we ran it probably 15 or 20 times a year for okay. this one client. And I was still, um, I was still running the, the theater with my husband at that time. And then about three years later, uh, I, I decided it was time for me to, there was, there was way more that we could do with this work, with this coaching work and communication skills work. And I wanted to see what was there. I wanted to see what was possible from this framework that we had worked out. So uh, that was when I started doing that full time. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, it's great that you kind of established a need for this before you jumped into it. So, yes, that right, was, there was lucky. A demand. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. smart and maybe some luck, but that was very smart. Um, so is there anything you wish you had done differently with the beginning the beginning of the company? I do. Uh, that's a really good question. I, I actually think about this a lot because I thought of that as a, as a really sort of a side hustle at first. Mm -hmm. I, I backed into it being a business and I, I wish there had been a moment much earlier where I'd thought to myself, okay, even if you're just doing this on the side, think about it as its own entity, think about its vision and its mission and, and what it's all about, because it wasn't until much longer, um, much more time had passed that I actually got kind of came face to face with that need. Right. No, that's a great point. That's, and that's a good lesson. Um, but it's never too late either. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess I, I, I have, I, no, it's never too late. And I definitely have done that work uh, years right. since, but it, it was, um, I, I, I fell over my own feet a bunch of times before I realized, <laughs> oh, what I don't have here is like a cogent understanding of what this business is and how I function as its leader. And so that was some, some I sort of had to say, okay, <laughs> hold on. I got to, I got to figure this out first. Exactly. Yeah. Reset. Right. No, no, great, great, great lesson. Um, so, I mean, you're, you've got a lot on your plate. Time and getting things done is always a challenge. Is there any um, advice that you would give other business owners who are struggling with managing or having enough time? I mean, I, I think that the best advice around that <laughs> is advice that I struggle to take myself, which is uh, doing the important before the urgent. Make room make time for the important, set up the systems so that they um, are gonna hold you when things are really careening out of control. I'll give you an example. So I was on a, on a call with a client today who's overseas <laughs> and we set up this uh, huge engagement. So we had our first workshop with this group today and we're meeting with them other times. So we're on the, on the mm -hmm. um, Zoom with these people in Germany and somebody points out, oh, well, you're scheduling this time, but at this time, a few weeks from now, you will have gone on daylight savings time, but we will not have gone on daylight savings time. Right. And in all of our pre-planning and all of our careful thinking, like nobody had 
known to think about that, right? And so there's a part of my system that I need to, I need to iron out that kink. And, and so, so it's that kind of thing that like, it never felt urgent until gosh, today it was urgent to like deal with this time zone problem. Right. Well, and that's a great point too, because one of the things we work on is the playbook, having those processes and things in place. This is a good point. They're, they're never done. You know, you never finish your playbook, right? It's yes. Yes. Always iterating. And And I would say too, I mean, I would say one of my strengths that I possibly overuse as a leader is some resilience in the face of that, of mm-hmm. my immediate thought when I learned about this was not, oh my gosh, the whole structure is crumbling and what are we going to do? And I right. missed this one thing. Um, it was, oh, well, we'll figure it out, right? We'll, it's one hour, we'll either move it or we'll reschedule it or it'll be fine or we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But, um, but also at the same time, acknowledging maybe there is a way I can, I can set something up so that I don't miss something like this in the future. So, and I, and I, and I think too, that comes from many years of, um, you know, of, of messing things up and and making some mistakes and figuring out how to, (laughs) how to keep going. Right. Right. And there are, um, yeah, I just think of some, sometimes some of the challenges that's what we'll get into next, uh, you know, as you do this for a while or, whatever business you're in, you get stronger and tougher and more resilient. And you have problems that would have taken you out at the knees a few years ago today are like, eh, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll just figure it out. So, so in that theme that a lot of folks I I run into kind of, at least at some point I'm included, feel a little bit isolated, like we're facing these challenges and problems and nobody else has ever, you know, faced these before, what have you, Um, you know, that's, obviously not the case. We, we run in, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been in business. I've talked to people who 35 years and still encountering new challenges today, new stuff. What are you, what are you running into that you'd like to share and how are you working to overcome those? Yeah, I, that's a very timely question because um, one thing that really resonated with, with me when you said it just now is that feeling of being alone. What are you, mm-hmm. what are you grappling with that, um, that can make you feel lonely or like who, who is with me to help me with this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I feel like, and again, I may be projecting, this could be just me, but um, probably not, probably not. But in, in the situation that most of us find ourselves in right now, particularly people who are knowledge workers who have been working from home, um, who are separated from their teams physically, um, it, I have found it a challenge to feel as connected to my colleagues as I, as I want to feel. So that is something that we overcome in a lot of ways. Um, and as communication specialists, I was saying to somebody today, like, gosh, if, if we can't get this right, this must just be really hard to figure yes. out in this, in this two-dimensional uh, way that we are talking to each other now, how do we make sure we're hearing on every level? How do we listen as deeply as possible? How can we quell the voices in our minds that are trying to jump to the worst possible conclusion and assumption about everything. Right. Right, right. Um, So I I would say that's a big challenge in general for me right now is just making sure that I'm, I am being as proactive as I possibly can to be in touch with my team, be in touch with my colleagues, talk to them as much as I can without wearing everybody out on, on zoom. 
Um, And, and, uh, you know, by the same token, continuing to reach out to, to clients and making sure they feel heard and taken care of and not, um, you know, oversaturated. No, that's, those are great points. And again, if you're given your expertise in what you do, struggling with this as well, then that's, that's going to be a huge issue. And I know, I know it is, I know a couple, two things you you brought to mind for me. One is um, I do some of my meetings by phone now, like intentionally, Mm -hmm. right. To give somebody a break (laughs) from the the intensity of the stare or the gaze or whatever. Um, So, you know, giving people that choice, if it's appropriate, could be one option, but I've also found that I, I, I get it. That's the struggle with the connectivity, but I found that there've been more people open to collaboration kind of mm. outside the business too. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that is. I think it's part of what we've all been doing and, and that we're all looking for solutions and stuff mm-hmm. right now that, so anyway, that, there may be a silver lining in all of it also. But. Absolutely. I, I think you're exactly right about both of those things. Sometimes a, a phone call just feels like <laughs> freedom. Relief. <right? laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah while you go for yeah. a walk or yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. So what's your proudest moment in your business? Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I would say what I really love is when a client, and this happened to me recently. So a client um, I've been work with, working with on and off for about three years sent me, uh, she had just done an, uh, a video spot, a video interview with the New York Times. <clears throat> and she was like, they told me I knocked it out of the park. I couldn't have done this without you. You oh, know, your, awesome. your coaching really helped me feel like she could say yes to it and do a good job. And that kind of thing is like, and she has this like job that is important to people. So it's, it, it, that part also felt like there was this very neat ripple effect of her getting her voice out in the world. So nice. that kind of thing makes me really proud of our work. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Client successes are okay. yeah. warm and tingly, right? Um, yes. <laughs> so what's a big thing that you've learned recently that you wish you had known, you know, 10 years ago or before you started the theater even? Um, I think it is the classic. Nobody is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you or you think that you're thinking about you. <laughs> so <laughs> that, so the, the, the proposals that don't go anywhere or the email that doesn't get returned or the, I mean, again, making up a story on about mm-hmm. why that's not happening. Like that's almost never this terrible thing. I imagine is almost never what's going on. Right. And a, right. and a no, and this is, again, something I'm sure your listeners are, are very familiar with, but a, a no is, a, is such a gift. When, when I yeah. propose work to somebody and they say, oh, no, for whatever reason, it, that's a real gift to me. It makes me understand either, gosh, I thought this client was a perfect fit. Let me dig deeper and figure out what, why they don't think it's a perfect fit. Or I was chasing something that wasn't a good fit for us and they want something that is actually mm-hmm. really different than what we offer. And this is, this is great that I need to, um, I need to, t- to take this and move forward and, and, and have that thicker skin that you were talking about earlier. No, that's, that's great. I heard somebody, and I love this quote. It, it was from an, uh, heard somebody speaking and she said, if you drag them into your business, then you're going to have to drag them around. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, so, right. 
Yeah, a, a no can go, yeah, save everybody a ton of time and angst. Um, yes. Cool. Yes. No, that's great. That's a great lesson. Um, so any favorite articles or, or business books that have helped you that you would like to recommend or share? I am um, a big Seth Godin fan. So mm-hmm. I recommend uh, most of his stuff. Lately, I'm giving my clients his latest book, which is called um, The Practice. And so that's a great one. I'm also a big fan of, um, I was hoping I had it in here, but I don't, um, a book called Start Finishing by Charlie Gilkey. And it's really about this. It's exactly what it sounds like. Um, It's a really great ideas about how to go from, oh, I have this wonderful idea to, oh, I finished, I finished this thing and it's, it's done now. Um, And then I would say Cal Newport's work is some of my favorite. Uh, He wrote Deep Work, which I go back to a lot, how to, how to get some of the distractions uh, put away so that you can actually do what your deepest and best work is. Those are cool. Thank you. The great recommendations. Um, check them out. Um, mm-hmm. Any other thoughts you want to leave us with before we wind down? I guess I would just say that um, communication is something that we do so much that we take it for granted. And our work is about creating intentional conversation about understanding the why of where you of of your, of your speech so that the how falls into place. Mm-hmm. And I, I have become really uh, kind of nerdily obsessed with this idea of where are we coming from when we're talking? What is the, what am I trying to do? What, how am I trying to reach you? What do I need? Right. And, um, and I would just encourage people to not take their communication for granted. Think about, think about how you can, how, how and why it serves you to be intentional in the way that you speak. Well, I, if we could explore one more thing, um, mm-hmm. I guess because of your expertise and what you were just saying, I, you, I, I think of, I, I listen to communication. We, you know, <clears throat> I ran a physical therapy practice for 20 years and I'd interview people and ask and folks, that was one of the questions, like, can you describe your communication skills? And it felt a little bit like Rain Man sometimes for people like, oh, I'm an excellent communicator. And they would say that and then like, oh, what, that's great. What kind of formal training or what, you know, background do you have or what have you? And they would have no idea. And they basically interpreted that question to mean how, how articulate are you? And, you know, in a clinical setting, as with coaching, it's super important to be hearing and listening and processing you know, an attentive to all those things the other person is saying and going through verbally, non-verbally and, and all the rest of it. So that idea of a communication being a two-way street, um, that's kind of what I was always looking for. Now I will, I'm not going to throw all therapists under the bus. I, somebody I hired um, a, few, a number of years ago, a few years ago now, he, uh, I asked the same question. He said, well, you know, pretty good. And I'm like, okay, what kind of training background is like, oh, I was a communication minor and I've done this and this. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Finally. Right. And we talked a little bit more mm-hmm. about those things. Um, but yeah, can you comment on that or, or maybe share your thoughts on the importance? Yeah. I, I mean, if you could, if I were an emoji, I would be like, there's like confetti <laughs> coming out of my head right now, because I mean, what you just said is what we talk about all the time that that people tend to think that, oh, I said this thing. And as I said it, I mean, going back to what I said before, mm-hmm. as it came out of my head, it made sense. And all of the words came out in the order I planned. 
thus check I'm a good right. communicator. But of course, that's that doesn't mean you could do that alone. There's no, there's no so what to that, right? It's all about did did the thing I said get to the person and get something back. It is this two-way street. So we tend to think a lot about communication as being transmitting mm-hmm. and not so much about what it, am I receiving back the thing that um something that makes sense it, it, it is this matching. And right. um and like I said, I, I think about this stuff all the time. And I was, I was, this phrase came to me the other day as I was talking to my husband, who is a wonderful person. And uh, <laughs> sometimes I feel like he can't hear me when I'm talking to him. I have a teenage son and we also have this problem with him, not problem, situation <laughs> with him. But I thought it's like when I'm talking, you have a head full of bees. Like there's something I can't <laughs> penetrate. But part of that is the way is, is my, is, it's on the transmission end, right? So there's listening and, and how do we work together? How do I say, oh, you're having a head of bees moment. I'm going to come back. Or what do you need differently from me? And how can we pull back the curtain on our communication and say, what do you need from me in order for us to have this conversation? How can we meet in the middle? And again, that's where I, yes. Right. Yes. A moment to yes. process whatever's going on in the head right now and then the space and time to then exactly. be receptive. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. made me think about the old, the old, old, I don't know if you remember this, the old, old far side where the kid's in class and he raises his hand and says, I'm sorry, my brain is full. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's right. <laughs> full of bees. Right. That's right. No, but I, I do think, I think because we take it for granted and because we think we, we have a very hard time getting out of our own way about communicating, which is true of all of us, I think almost all of the time, um, it can behoove us to work a little bit harder to, to meet people partway. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's another great final thought. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much for that. Cool, well, thanks very much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. Um, great having a conversation with you. Thanks, you too, thank you for having me. Thanks, Andy. Thank you for listening.